hello, welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin, the only podcast fighting for legislation to make it illegal to funk in restaurants. I don't know, this is the second to last one. Uh, I'm one of your co-host, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barra. Andre, how are you doing? I am great. I am good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, it's a uh, bittersweet second to last one, but we're talking Mr. Monk in the end part one. Um, you might even say the penultimate episode of this show. You might say that. Yeah, that is that is correct. Um, it's, uh, yeah, honestly, I don't know about you, but I'm going to say up front, I think that the two part of the, the last two of the episodes of Monk are some of the best the show's ever done. I don't know how you felt about this, but I think that this is just great stuff. Yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely, this episode was up there, for sure. It had a lot of uh, really uh, uh, exciting moments. It had exciting moments, and I think just honestly great performances and stuff. Obviously, the material they're working with is super serious and stuff, but um, I really do think that, and we'll see obviously part two, but um, it really lives up to it, I think, because I think so much of the danger about the ending of the show is that you have to end it with the Trudy case, right? But you've been building up that so much, and obviously, like, obviously, we know that there's the, the pro- one of the problems is that the murderer is going to ends up being and you I assume already could tell this just based on what's happened someone that wasn't in the show the whole time so it's not like you have, you have to introduce the character or what have you so like right. the actual mystery of it itself is not the interesting part and I like that they don't really try to make much of an effort for that if that makes sense that it's not like that they don't be like oh my god this character we knew the whole time somehow uh, was involved like no like that's actually not what it's about it's not about um, that whole thing yeah. <clears throat> but we start off with a really tragic opening of uh, 12 years ago, the morning <laughs> that Trudy was killed. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, w- it was the night before Christmas and all through the garage. Uh, now I'm done. Again, man. Bah humbug, man. What the hell is that? <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. So, yeah, Monk is he's happy. And I think that... Um, there is something truly tragic about any time you see a flashback of Monk because he just is such a... And Tony Shalhoub, I think, is, is incredible in those scenes because he still has Monk's quirks, but the life that he has in it is just... You think about how sad it is that he's not like that anymore. That at one point he was... Had, he had life in him, you know what I mean? And it's just really heartbreaking to watch that. Yeah, no, for sure. Um you know, it's, it's, I mean, I, we've had Christmas episodes before, right? Yeah, I, I m- multiple. For sure. Yeah, I think every yeah. single season. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah, he tends to be like a Scrooge about stuff. But in this case, he's very much, you know, into the holiday season. Mm-hmm. He, uh, this must be like, you know, one of the first times he's ever heard all I want for Christmas is you. We probably didn't listen to it before. So mm-hmm. he's still, he's still feeling good about it. Exactly. Um, and, you know, he kisses Trudy under the mistletoe. He's just being like a normal person, which I think is just really... Like I said, it's sad because you see that he's not anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. like yeah, he he kisses her, and it's like it's not just like you know a little peck. It's no. not a little peck. There, there there's a little bit of tenderness there for sure. Yeah, because I think that Monk would be less a tragic figure if he always was like the way he is now. But to see that he once wasn't is just heartbreaking. Like I said, um, mm-hmm. but Trudy asks about uh, a midwife that apparently was missing named Wendy Stroud, um, and obviously that's important because why would she be asking about? You know, he probably does a million cases a week. Why is she asking about the ward? But right. um, she seems troubled, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Something's off. And um, 
we notice it because or monk notices it because uh i forgot what she cooked exactly but if i take a guess i would say chicken pot pie since that's monk's favorite food right um but i guess she missed the onions Mm -hmm. um and so he notices that and asks her if she's okay and she mentions the fact that that's the tough part about you know being married to a Mm -hmm. detective is that you can't have any secrets at all yeah Um, i mean you probably can just not with this detective no exactly uh yeah because she's she lies she's overwhelmed she's picking up ambrose's meds there's bills due she's got two articles to proofread but monk is you know he accepts that for now but he sees a gift under the christmas tree yeah he um the gift he wants the one that we've been seeing you know every year basically yeah, and um, and he wants to open it, but Trudy, you know, tells him, please don't, like, just wait until Christmas, and yeah, there's, like, a sense of, um, well, you know, we see her face when she mm-hmm. hugs him, and we see a face of, like, finality, you mm-hmm. know, like, something is just not right. And, yeah, she's yeah. very scared and somber, and Monk is kind of, like, you know, not really noticing it that much, um, <clears throat> Because I think that, you know, he doesn't, um, he's not looking for it. And so, yeah, they have a long hug. And then um, we cut to Trudy in the (coughs) the parking garage. uh, And we see a six-fingered man coming after her. um, And uh, she gets in the car and she thinks she's safe. But we know, obviously, that uh, that's the last place she should be. Yeah. And, uh, yep, she turns on the car and kablammy. It's, uh, yeah. We, yeah. we know how that story ended. Yeah. As uh, Stephen Weber said in that one episode, rest in pieces. Um, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus um, but he did say that. He said that. And he, I think he also said, oh, when yeah. did she get buried in his Ziploc baggies? Like, those are mean, but they're good jokes. Um, he had a good, yes. you know, he's a quick wit. Uh, but yeah, then we cut to the clinic. Yeah, we cut to the clinic. Um, and they're investigating, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, Wendy Shroud's disappearance. Um and we're introduced to Ed Bagley Jr.'s mm. character. Yeah. Um, I think he just had to be friends with Tony Shalhoub because the character doesn't come back next episode, which I have no problem with that. I think, you know, my, you know, my stance on it is that if, if the, every role should be played by someone that you recognize, like, I know that that's bad for young up-and-coming actors, but I just love seeing a guy I know, and it's like, Ed Bagley Jr., you know you're in good hands. Okay, can you please explain to me, because I swear to God, I've only seen him in two things that I can remember. One of them was, like, Breaking... No, not uh, Better Call Saul, and mm-hmm. the other one was... He's in Arrested Development, I... you, which you've seen. Okay. He plays um, Stan Sitwell, the rival... Uh, okay, of... all right. But, he, I mean, he's just one of those dudes who just in a lot of stuff. All right, you yeah. no, hold on a second. Right. Guess what the second thing I've seen him in is. What? It's something so, like, random as fuck. What? Okay, you're not gonna guess. No, I mean, the guy, I don't know. the guy who likes guessing everything in the fucking okay. Let me world, think. All of a um, you saw him in. Honestly, he's been in so much stuff. I can't think of anything really. Like the the role I saw most recently was in the rom com plus one that he's in, but I don't think that that's what you saw him in. Um, what did you okay, see? Okay, no, uh, I saw him in like I think like the first thirty minutes of the Ghostbusters remake. Oh, he's in that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like Zach Woods' boss. Sure, I didn't <laughs> see that. Um, uh, but. But only because I didn't feel like it, not because uh, I'm an incel. Um, Okay, right. Now, also, talk about a movie that I, uh, apparently, I think people are going to be saying, eh, it's not that bad now, because I don't know if you've been reading reviews for Afterlife, but oof. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard. Just a quick PSA. I'm not going to see it. I'm not going to see it. Quick PSA to anyone who ever wants to, like, work with IP. Movies and television shows are not people. 
you don't need to respect them. Respect, there's no such thing as respecting a piece of art. Like, I mean, I get, I, I guess in theory there is, but, like, make something new. Don't, when the moment a filmmaker says, like, we just want to respect the original, it's going to be bad, because that's not how you make a good movie. You don't make a good movie by trying not to disturb anything about the original. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck that. Okay. So, yeah, she disappeared. She's worked there for 19 years. Um, Monk then tries to straighten out an umbilical cord of, like, a fake baby. Um, and then uh, Steinmeier gets the call. Yeah, he gets the call, and he uh, he's he has a hard time, obviously, as anybody would, yeah. uh, you know, giving the details about it. And we don't actually get to—I mean, he just says that it's Trudy, but mm-hmm. he doesn't say anything about, like, what happened to her. Yeah. And, yeah, that's kind of the end of the scene, and, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then the theme song, we cut present day, Monk is sleeping, his alarm goes off, and he sees Trudy um, at the foot of his bed. And um, she basically says, you know— you could sleep in the whole bed, you know? Um, yeah. Which, I, 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 obviously now you're a married man, but when you were not, did you sleep in the middle of uh, your bed? Uh, no, I always slept on one side. Yeah, always. I truly have not. I moved into this apartment in, uh, what did I move in? What size mattress do you have? I have a full match, full size mattress. Um, okay. But, so, but even then, like, I truly, um, I sleep in one spot and I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you what if the other you- side feels like. If you're facing it to the right or to the left, uh, what do you? Mean? If I'm facing it, I sleep on the left side, but it's obviously to okay. the right side with. But that's where the end table is. But also, I just generally like to sleep. Uh, actually, no, I don't mind either right because it's just wherever the table is. Because my last place, my bed was up against a wall where I had to sleep on the left side, um, so I don't have a preference. Well, well, I sleep on the right, so we can bunk together, my boy. Oh hell yeah, exactly. Uh, I think t- t- you're one of the rare people that I can be big spoon with. Um, but uh, and then you can you can wrap your abnormally long toes around my feet. I mean that that just for some reason that is where it got weird. Not the beginning of the bit, but anyway. Um, she says that it's time to say goodbye, and um, then says it won't be much longer, which is very foreboding. Um, right. Yeah. Weird thing to say. Weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because it's tech, especially be- well because I mean I think in the logic of the show it's in his head, which so it's a weird thing for him to say in his head. Because uh, I don't think okay. the sh- I don't think the show's canon believes in ghosts, but we can ask Andy Breckman about that. Well, once upon a time, God, I hope Andy doesn't listen to this. Um, once upon a time, I definitely made a joke about Monk having uh, ghost sex with Trudy. Oh, we definitely did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there was any, ever a time for that to happen, it mm-hmm. should have been this episode. Oh, absolutely, yeah, for sure. And, yeah, and I I think that, that a time. I think that that's one of the most you know when they build the Hall of Fame of this podcast, that's going to be one of the biggest bits you know they're gonna dedicate the whole wing to the monk having a sex sex with ghost trudy um so then we see that he's talking to natalie walking down the street and apparently julie and steven casper van dean are uh gonna meet the dirty mac hall of famer this son of a bitch i just have no respect for him um but they're he's coming over for a dinner party you know because <clears throat> Mitch died like a coward, I'm like... That's fair. Honestly, it. yeah, it's fair. Also, I'm mostly just like... Mostly the fact that it wasn't like a situation where they knew each other for a while and then they sort of happened. It was like the first time he saw her since Mitch's funeral. We're like, that's fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, if they were like good family friends and like he was kind of around, went to Julie's birthday parties, etc. And then something happened, fine. But it's like, hey, I haven't seen you since we buried your husband who was my friend. Let's fuck. You know what I mean? Like, that's a problem. <clears throat> how much, how how less would you care if his character name on the show was uh, John Rico? Johnny Rico. I would care a little bit less. 
I think just if it was played by anyone other than Casper Van Dien, I wouldn't mind. Um, How about Jake Busey? Okay, I would actually mind more. That would be a huge problem. But I wouldn't. It wouldn't be a dirty Mackin problem. It would be like Natalie. Are you okay? Did you hit your head? Um, <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh man. Um, so yeah, Monk is gonna bring some wine, etc. But and he mentions he saw Trudy and relays the conversation. And she, Natalie says that it's an omen. Um, which you know, omens usually aren't a good thing. So that's kind of a interesting word choice. Right, but at least it's not the omen. No, it's not. Um, it's not uh, the spawn of the devil. Um, anyway, then mm. now I think that this is just really good storytelling stuff. That the murder takes place at the same building he was at when Trudy. Like that's just I think is just great. Like I, I love it. Right. Um, yeah, it's funny how that worked out, and I'm, I'm gonna guess that the next episode will explain why. It, yes. Why the current? Yeah. Why it's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stavmar points it out, and he says, I think, very generously, you know, if you need to pass on this, man, like, that, I completely understandable. Um, but, uh... Yeah, he's always, exten- he's always extended that whenever it, like, has to do with, mm-hmm. um, with Trudy. Yeah, of course. And I think, you know, because Stavmar is, like, obviously we talked at Lazium about how he kind of sucks in the first season, but if you exclude the first season, he is an all-time great friend. You know what I mean? Like, just one of the best. Um, he's always got monks back. But anyway, um... The doctor who was killed was, I mean, the person who was killed was Dr. Malcolm Nash, Ed Bagley Jr. Um, and, uh, yeah. We also know... Yeah. Yeah, go. Yeah, and it wasn't, like, your run-of-the-mill, like, uh, someone just broke in, mm-hmm. wanted to take some pills, whatever the fuck. Like, no, they took him down execution style. With basically. a silencer. Um, yeah, with a silencer. With a, like, KG famously had a silencer joints on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got taken out with one of those. Okay. Um, interesting. You remember that clip, right? Wait, which, what did you say? I the one, what KG, K, KG. Kevin, Kevin Garnett, you mean? Yeah, that clip where he talks about, like, going to war. And he oh, right. And like, all these weapons. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. <laughs> He's got, he, he mentions, in... like, I, got a, I got a couple of them silencer yeah, shows. Yeah, that's, also, it's talking about going to war. Why would you use a silencer in war? You're, <laughs> just, for one. But also. I mean, um, if you're, if you're doing, if you're sneaking in, like, real That quick, is fair. You know? But he is also six foot ten, so he's gonna have a hard time with that. Um, also, sure. the best KG story is the one where he was watching Making the Band and he put his head through a wall. Remember that one? I've never heard that one. So but I was, was going to say the Charlie the, Villanueva one. The, the, yeah, of course. Well, I or me, Carmelo. Me and my older brother Kevin will say, and it, you can skip thirty seconds ahead, guys, if you don't know what we're talking about. But we'll call uh, players uh, cancerous to their team in their league because I don't know if you remember that Kevin got after because he called you know Charlie Villanueva. Like he said, he looks like a cancer patient, and he said, "No, right. what I actually said is you are cancerous to your team and your league." Which like no, we didn't, oh but we so we use that a lot as an insult. But anyway, the story with making a band where he was watching the PDD show Making the Band on MTV, and there was like uh, tryouts, and he got so hype about like you gotta do it for your squad, you gotta do it. He put his head through his wall. <laughs> Is this just a story or is that's there a video? Story. No, that, that, there's just, okay. that's just a story that was in someone's book. <laughs> anyway, um, so Randy also mentions that he had a two weeks vacation, uh, but he doesn't say where he went. Right, but we know that at some point, or Natalie knows, and now we all know, <clears throat> that he was in Newark, New Jersey. Well, was he flew um, into Newark? Because Natalie thinks that he, she says you went to New York. Right, generally when right, people fly right, into right, Newark, right. they're going to New York because the thing that people might not know is that because New York City is completely d- stupid when it comes to travel, it is faster to get from Newark Airport to downtown Manhattan than it is to the act- from the actual airports that are in New York proper. It takes like 30 minutes from Newark and like an hour 10 from LaGuardia. And, well, an hour to LaGuardia and an hour 10 to JFK. Anyway, 
Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's usually cheaper to fly to Newark. It is. is right? Yes. Newark Airport is. I, I'm a big fan of Newark Airport. Obviously, I think JFK is like the best airport in terms of airport. You know, vibes. LaGuardia is not as bad as it used to be, but it still sucks. Um, yeah, LaGuardia used to be so bad though before the renovations. Um, truly, you would go to there for a flight and. The, in like you know obviously they have the sections for each like uh gate uh not yeah each gate that it's not like there was they were like five or ten seats short it's that like the section for a plane boarding area had maybe 20 seats and this plane sat six like six some people it's like truly a majority of people would have to sit on the floor anyway it's a horrible place so um we learned that uh Dr. Nash was working late, uh, scanning some files, um, and uh, but yeah, they noticed that it's a professional, and nothing was stolen, because Monk rain mans the amount of bottles on the ground. Yeah, I mean, if you can guess the amount of uh, jelly beans in a jar, uh, this should be an uh, easy hat for him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, yeah, because it was all set up, they wanted to think it was a junkie, um, and Monk notices that the killer must have used the computer. Yeah, it must have used a computer, and they ask, like, why is that the case? And he says that uh, the mouse is on the left side, and but Dr. Nash was right-handed. And they ask how he knew that, and it's because he's been there before. He's met the man. He knows. Well, no, knows I, he, the way he puts it is he was right-handed 12 years ago, which I just, like, honestly, oh, right, that, right, 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 right. that, right, like, this is just, I think, great. The, just the writing of that is great because it just, you know, I don't know. I love, I love when shit people phrase stuff like that because he obviously he didn't need to in real life he'd probably be like i remember that he was right-handed 12 years ago but the way he put it obviously is more cinematic then we cut to coach's house i mean sorry craig g nelson's house um <laughs> uh ethan i think i have some that are other i don't remember his last name um he is you know chatting it up and uh he's talking about how he's never gonna move yeah he's talking about how he's never gonna move um because you know it it's just like you know he's like a scumbag and uh for whatever reason he's got his hooks into this girl and oh sorry no i i thought ethan was joey for a second nope. sorry yeah um yeah he's never gonna move i don't know yeah, i'm just i'm just that. mentioning it i guess it's a part two some stuff might be important um oh okay okay yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm like all right yeah sure. um and uh he's mentioning that you know he might need to they asked him to move to san francisco etc anyway the police show up and we learn that they're there because he's a judge um, and he needs to sign off on their warrant uh, for Joey <clears throat> Kazarinski. And he mentions that this might be the last warrant he signs because... Uh, because he's been elected to join the Well, no, he's Supreme going Court. to be... Also, you don't, you get appointed to the Supreme Court. Don't be stupid. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm just being <sighs> uh, Actually, yeah, in some whatever. states it's different. In California it is. In Florida you're elected. Anyway, sorry. Okay, yeah. He's going to be in the state Supreme Court mm-hmm. at some point. Yes. Like... So, congrats to him, I guess. Now, you know what? The goof that I saw on uh, the X-Ray on Amazon, which is funny, that he talks about how he would have to move, he's going to be commuting to Sacramento from San Francisco, which obviously sucks. But uh, you know where the state Supreme Court in California is? It's in San Francisco. <laughs> it's not in Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually I, I actually did know that, and I was like, okay, well. That is I mean... weird, because obviously, I think, I would guess that if almost every other state it's in uh, the capital. Like, in New York, it's definitely in Albany. In Florida, it's definitely Tallahassee. I've seen it. Um, so, yeah. Tallahassee, love. Yeah, you know people call it Tallahassee because there's a lot of STDs there. Um, just a statement of fact. 
Um, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, because it's if Florida State is the much easier school to get into, and so there's a lot of people who go to Florida, you know, have been known to make fun of the amount of sexually transmitted diseases and infections that happen in. How hard is it to get into Florida? It's like, Florida remember, is a top. T- Florida, I think, is a top ten public university. So it's like I think you need to, you I th- I it's one of the hardest public universities to get into in America. Uh, it's what obviously the... the UCs are obviously the best public universities, but Florida's up there. Okay, did you ever? Okay, I remember when I was in high school, and obviously that was long before you were. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we. Used, I one of my favorite things to do was to go onto College Board, mm-hmm. the website, sure, and check out and check out what the hard, hardest schools to get into. I remember it always blew my fucking mind that Harvey Mudd, a school mm-hmm. called Harvey yeah. Mudd College, and uh, it's one of the Claremont colleges, yeah. was like. I think like a five percent acceptance yeah. rate. Yeah, let me look up that University of Florida's acceptance rate. Uh, University of Florida. Yeah, it's um okay, it's thirty six point six, um, but it like it's definitely um uh like I knew plenty of people who I would consider not dumb people who didn't get into UF. Like it's really uh like my older brother didn't get into UF the first time he applied. He ended up going on someone else for two years. Um, so it's definitely actually a, a good school. Um. But it's obviously well, not number, like UCLA or anything. That's I think that's the best num- public college. Apparently, number one is Stanford now. For acceptance. Yeah, it's three point nine percent. Damn. Um, but yeah, hey, all that matters is that hey, I got into UF, so uh, you know. But I mean, I got into I went three for three, maybe. So I only wow. applied to three colleges. UF, UF, and where else? Uh, well, NYU. No, obviously. UF, Emerson, and NYU. Because the reason is because I uh, Emerson is in Pennsylvania. No, Emerson is in Boston. Because I did, basically what happened was that the deadline for UF was like November 10th or something like that, and my parents made me apply there just because like, I, I didn't want to go at all, but it's like just in case you miss everything else. And then with Emerson, I did early early action, and they got back to me like December 11th, and NYU and USC and all the other art schools I wanted to go to were, the application was due December 31st. But since Emerson was my number two school, I didn't even bother applying to UCLA or USC because why would I do that? I already got into my second school, so then I ended up only applying to three. Anyway. Um, Alright. Yeah, so three for three. Uh, so, yeah, he's uh, going to be on the state Supreme Court, um, and they explain that they know it's Joey Kazarinski because it's the same MO, and they have a partial print. Yeah, it's not good for him. And uh, so, yeah, they get their warrant, bam. Boom, yep. bang, boom. And then now you can talk about Joey with his... Uh, his... Okay. Yes. So now they go to Joey's, uh, or I'm sorry, his his ex wife's house. His ex wife uh, that he that he squats in essentially, mm-hmm. and they're tearing it the fuck up. And yeah, his ex wife seems like a real peach. I'm sure from dealing with all of his shit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but you know. Yeah, I really don't really blame. Have the, I don't they, blame the ex wife of a contract killer who shows up all the time for being mean. You know. <laughs> Right, right, but they really like put the the the, the nail right in it by having um, her have like a, a tit tattoo. Yeah, a tattoo, yeah, even. just honestly, great production design. Um, and they, you know, are looking for stuff, and they're trying to get a new photo of him, and she has one, uh, but it's not in the most hygienic place. No, it's it's literally lining a birdcage. Um, yeah, yeah, and I'm not talking about the '96 movie with Robin Williams either. No, good movie. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, and so they, they Nathan Lane, yeah. Gene Hackman, Hank Azaria. Yes. So they take who's the woman in that? I honestly don't remember. The mom? Oh, is it? Crap! Is it? It's not. Is it's it not Angelica Weast? Houston? Is it is Diane Weist or no? Or no? Who is it? I it's someone like it's someone super serious. Uh, Diane, it is. <laughs> Man, I'm fucking unstoppable. God. Oh my god. All right. 
Okay, so they, they find the photo, and, oh, man, it's weird, because we saw Joey, and he wasn't that old, but somehow he's got a white goatee. Just honestly, great uh, joke. <laughs> yeah, 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 I laughed at that. Yeah. Um, but it, no, it's not a goatee, it's bird shit, yeah. so um, maybe he'll have a lucky day today. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. see. And then we cut to a person on the phone calling Joey. Now, I have to, you can tell who it is, right? They, they This is, like, the worst, like, hiding yeah. of it. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, So it's, it's Coach on the phone. Um, and... Oh, we're just gonna go right into it, right? I mean, sure, yeah, why not? You know who it is. Let's not be stupid. They didn't... Craig T. Nelson guest stars, and why he's guest starring just to play a judge who signs a warrant? Come on. Um... Yeah, yeah, And, uh... He tells Basie Joey that they can't meet in person again because he left the partial. Yeah, um... So he needs to... Sorry. Uh, before... But before... Tell that damn jo- dog to shut the hell up. No, wait, I'm not gonna do that. Before Joey skips town, he has one more job, though. Yeah, uh, Mystery Man has a new job for him, and uh, he mentions Adrian Monk, and basically he's got to 86 him because mm-hmm. he he's going to find out at some point um, and about something. And Joey asks, like, why are you even worried about this? And basically he says that 12 years ago he was responsible for mm-hmm. Trudy Monk's death. Yeah. Yep. And so then we cut to Joe, Joey in the store, and also in the store are Natalie and Steven. Steven wearing his full uniform, um, you know, uh, and uh, they have two separate shopping carts, one for Monk's stuff and one for Natalie's stuff. Um, he asked, why can't you just separate it later? And honestly, with the volume of stuff they're buying, I actually don't think it's that bad of an idea to have separate shopping carts. I, I actually think that's pretty reasonable. Because um, it's... they. Uh, yeah, until it's not. Oh, yes, for sure. Uh, but anyway, um, they're, you know, flirting and talking about honey mustard. Um and he mentions moving in with her, et cetera. You know, just some uh, regular stuff. But uh, then Joe comes over and makes his move. Yeah, he, he takes one of the carts and, you know, Natalie notices and says, hey, excuse me, you took my cart. And, you know, he acts all, you know, like he didn't have anything to do. Like he didn't know what he was doing. And, yeah, we all know what, what, mm-hmm. what time it is at yeah. this point. Uh, but we don't know what he does no, exactly. no. Uh, so we cut then to the dinner, and Monk is explaining the Trudy gift thing, and, you know, Stephen understands. I think that that's, of all of Monk's things, I think that that's probably one of the most understandable. Like, I don't think that that's a Monk specific, I think if someone else, it would be pretty normal if someone's spouse died right before Christmas to not want to open. Like, that's, I actually don't think that a weird Monk quirk, that's kind of just like a sad widower thing, you know? Yeah, 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 for sure. And, uh, and Julie thinks it's super romantic, Mm -hmm. and... They mention like you know Monk mentions that like basically he doesn't want to open it because it's the last secret that they had mm-hmm. and you know he doesn't want to like ruin yeah. it uh, and so we find out and so like yeah Stephen starts asking questions and he mentions that Julie is going to be going to Berkeley for mm-hmm. college yep right uh huh good yeah. for her um you know uh obviously very smart good grades um and uh, yeah she's moving out even though it's only thirty minutes away which honestly great idea um. You know, because I think that, uh, you know, it's good to have the independent experience. Um, and, uh, you know, also, she's going to Berkeley, definitely going to be getting high a lot. So, you know, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, she, they're talking about, uh, Stephen asks if there are any cases that he, Monk's working on. He brings up that, you know, this the case they're working on. And he starts coughing um, a lot. And he kind of, you can tell he's something's wrong. Yeah, and uh, and at this point, I'm thinking like, okay, well, clearly Joey must have done something to his goods, mm-hmm. and 
Yeah. It, it, apparently, yeah. Steven gets up and he goes to Monk and like feels his forehead and he's burning up. So mm-hmm. and not not the George Brothers song. Right. And so next stop, hospital. Yeah. Because uh, he's seeing spots all over, which is less than ideal. I sometimes see spots, but that's because I get optical migraines, not because I'm poisoned. Um, it's less than ideal. I don't let it. It. Uh, yeah. Um, Sounds like your eyes have been poisoned. I wish. And the thing too is, it's usually when I exert myself a lot. So like, it definitely the most undignified time is like if I am constipated and taking a shit, and like I kind of I and I start seeing spots. It's just really undignified. Just really don't feel good about it. Did not uh, know we were going down this path. I don't give a shit. Honestly, who cares? I, I the fact that yeah, like, you literally I, weren't giving a shit. Yeah, I know that's true. That's true. But the thing is that like, I, I just truly. If you were to put together a full biography of me just with the things I've – too much information I've shared on podcasts, it really would not be a good picture. But, I, you know, I assume no one's doing that. So um, anyway, uh, they get to the hospital, and they need to draw a little bit of blood. And that is a problem because Monk apparently has never been stabbed with a needle. He's unvaccinated. Um Yeah, that was the first – I mean, it's like it's such an interesting thing to note now that we're like – I mean – I probably would have still cared about like him not being vaccinated like before COVID. Yeah, also, I but imagine he probably, now. he probably got like his infant vaccinations. He just doesn't remember. But uh, right. yeah, definitely Monk's rolling up there with the fake vaccination card. Um, he's got Antonio Brown's guy on it. Um, I was gonna say a regular uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Is that the one? Is that the one? Uh, RFK Jr. Yes, he's anti-vax. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, even. Jenny McCarthy. Um, and you know what's crazy, though, about uh, RFK Jr.? I mean, what's crazy in relation to that? He was really pro-vax. Sirhan Sirhan Jr. No. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. What a pull. What a pull. But, I, I've said before, there's, I've really, I thought forever that how I want, want to make a game show podcast that is just somehow, I really don't know how to do it, just scoring polls. Like, it, it's like a game show where, the kids, where it's like, what was the name of this person? Like, oh, fuck. You know, anyway. Uh, I just am pulling up all the time. So, um, yeah, they can't... What was the name of, what was the name of the guy who killed Archduke Franz Ferdinand? Um, Gavrila Princip. Nice. Uh, and nice. before you ask, James Garfield was Charles Juteau, and William McKinley was Leon Schalkosch. Anyway. Okay, I don't know those two. No, they were both presidents, and they were shot by people. No, I know who the presidents were. I didn't know who killed them. Well, yeah, Leon Schalkosch is just a great name, because there's a lot of C's and Z's. Anyway, so, uh, he gets held down. Like, like, like Henry Zerny? Exactly. It's C-Z-O-L-G-O-S-Z. So, yeah. Um, they, uh, they uh, like, every doctor in the hospital holds, holds him down and they get the blood. I love that. Yeah. I love that scene. It's great stuff. And, yeah, he, then Monk tries to play it off. Uh, and then we meet Dr. Matthew Schuller, played by the wonderful, one of, in my opinion, one of the most attractive people ever to live, D.B. Woodside. Um... Just a big oh, fan. that's D.B. Woodside. Just a huge okay. fan of D.B. Woodside. If someone had to tell me I was dying, I legitimately would want it to be D.B. Woodside. Um, just great stuff. I would want him. I would want him to step on my neck. I mean, I don't not want that. But yeah, just I because you know the thing is, he is just such a calming presence. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. Yeah, like he plays a literal angel in Lucifer, and you're like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I believe it. Yeah, sure. Um, anyway, uh, so. He's the head. He's basically the entirety of the hematology department, um, which is of course blood disorders. Because Natalie had to ask because they needed to make sure the audience knew. Um, and he asked, "How right. well do you take bad news?" And uh, he's like, "Well, just give me the good news first. But unfortunately for our friend, uh, there is no good news. No, uh, it's only bad news. Mm-hmm. 
and it's that he's been poisoned, yeah. which <clears throat> they mistake it briefly for a moment for being food poisoning. Mm-hmm. And so it's like kind of like, oh, God, I'm yeah. like, Mr. Monk, I'm so sorry if I got you food poisoning. But Dr. Schuler assures them that yeah. it's more serious than that. Yeah. In fact, it appears to be a synthetic toxin. Mm-hmm. And not only is not only that, but the dosage is substantial, and it appears that someone's trying to kill Mr. Monk, yeah. and they may succeed. Yeah. So then we cut to a hazmat team going through Monk's house, finding a lot of mouthwash, and then we see Monk and Stoudemire Disher and Natalie in the hospital, and Monk's pacing around, and he's really kind of not doing well, understandably. Um, and then Dr. Schroeder walks down a long hallway, and um, we learn that it's not the food at Natalie, it's because no one else got sick, um, and that... Uh, it's not anything that is. I don't know why. I don't know why they would rule that out right now. That's though. fair. That's a good point, but they just do. Uh, yeah, and they know it's ricin based, which of course, post Breaking Bad, you know, that's uh, that you know, it's the ricin. Um, but the problem is, it might it could be any of four thousand different combinations, and they can't engineer an antidote until they know the source of it. Um, and so they're kind of stuck. Does that hold up? Does that hold up? I think that that's partially true. I don't know if... I This is speculation. I imagine that they probably would be able to get an approximation of what it is just by the in the bloodstream, but I don't know, actually. Um, it's, uh, but... I th- it, it's a good plot device, I would say. Um, like... Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Well, I think... Old I, yeah. Smarty Pants J. Christie. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of things I don't know. I mean... Honestly, the the reason why I come off like I know everything on this podcast is we mostly just talk about character actors. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So he has two or three days left to live. Yeah, which um, you know it's not great. Uh, they gotta they have a lot of work to do if they want. Now you know. I will say I think of the the, ne- the bit that happens a lot. I think it's a very funny bit of the you're gonna feel normal for a while and then there'll be some vomiting followed by death. Oh, vomiting. Yeah, Monk's freaking out about the vomiting. And I just love how calmly D.B. Woodside is just like, yes, but followed by death. Vomiting. Yeah. It's really important that you know. That you, like, that is just, I think that's great comedy. Um, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you know, it's funny. It's like, I honestly feel like my mom would feel the same way. Because mm-hmm. she's so dramatic whenever she gets to the point of needing to vomit. Mm-hmm. I really believe that she would probably welcome death sooner than... A trip to the porcelain god. I think that in the last 10 years, I've only vomited once. And then before that, <laughs> I vomited... Well, yeah, because I think the way I process alcohol is that my... It's bad because my brain goes before my body goes, if that makes sense. So I by the, I black out before I throw up. And so uh, the only time I've thrown up in the last 10 years was when I was the drunkest I've ever been. And I w- I, I, I've been told that I vomited. Um, yeah. Uh, was it in New York? Yeah. Um, it, was, was it on at, the street? No, no, no. It was, uh, I was at home at the time. I had gotten drunk at a bar, but then I can't, but uh, yeah, it wasn't that big. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, uh, my brothers were not happy that I, they had to deal with that. Uh, uh, Dude, honestly, your brothers just, I mean, well, you guys were all sheltered growing up, but you guys are so lucky that you didn't grow up with, like, people like me and my friends. Cause... I know. I, that's the thing, is that. You know, also, I think the thing is, it was my brother Michael, who's very no-nonsense, and, like, he was just minding his own business on a Friday, and then he had to, like, not have to do with it. It's not fun to be, like, I was just hoping to have a quiet night in, and now I have to, you know, 
take my brother's no, clothes it's off. No, it's not yeah. fun. It's not fun, but it's a rite of passage. Man. Exactly. It, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. So I do love the but Monk says, I have two days. I wish we were five. And I love, like, why? Because you think Monk's going to have, like, a, it's a weird quirk? But he says, it's a bigger number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought. I mean, I thought he would have gone to ten, but all right, we'll, we'll, we'll work yeah. with that. Uh, but then Natalie and, spots and, something. Yeah, she spots uh, Disher has a newspaper rolled up under his armpit, and she sees Joey's face on it, and it's a familiar face. And she mentions that she saw this guy at the market, mm-hmm. and at some point he had contact with the cart that was carrying Monk's mm-hmm. food. Yep. So this is good, like right? Like we have a source. Like we can, if we get this guy, then we can definitely. Uh, you know, grill them and figure out what it was, yeah. where this came, yeah, yeah, what it was. So they set up an unofficial task force, which I do like that, like in a very finale vibe. That all these people, that you know, even the monk annoys other cops and stuff like that. They all clearly care enough about him that they're all willing to, you know, work without overtime. Um, and yeah, so yeah. They- luck- luckily, luckily, uh, Officer Doyle uh, isn't involved in this uh, uh, exactly. investigation. Uh, so it's Joey K, you know, Joey, uh, whatever. Uh, and they don't know Kazarinsky. The, yeah, the Kazarinskis. They don't know the connection, but yeah, they're splitting it. They're splitting into groups, etc. But okay. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you mention like that? Yeah, it's an unofficial task force, and so basically they're working for free. Yeah, I said that. Okay, okay. But <coughs> the important note that Stomer says is that even though he's armed and dangerous, no guns. Yeah, because if he's dead, then there goes the trail. They can't find what what is ailing our good friend Adrian yeah. Monk. So then, Monk, so if Joey dies, Monk dies. Exactly. Yeah. So Monk's at home and he's separating the inner workings of pills, which I think yeah. actually probably would. I can't imagine that that, like that, that has to affect it in some way. I imagine that probably your body probably doesn't process it as well. Those the pills are designed to, that way on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, but if you're taking it all at the same time, I guess so. burn your... Anyway, yeah, it's still a funny bit. Um, yeah. And uh, then Stottmeyer's interrogating a guy who apparently sold Joey K a fake ID. Um, and he, uh, you know, he colors outside the lines of justice. Yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's, the, the, the perp is, you know, the guy. The perp, he's not a yeah. perp, I guess. Yeah, he's a perp. Um, he's not really shaken by this. He's no. like, oh, I don't see a phone book in here, so, like, yeah, Most people use a computer is what he says, which is, you know what's coming, and it's, when, it seems like this always ring differently now, but it is still funny. <laughs> Yeah, he so uh, you know Stott mentions that he got a name out of him, but unfortunately Disher needs a new laptop because that mm-hmm. shit is cracked the mm-hmm. fuck up. Yep. So they're at, go to they're at the train station. Apparently Joey K has tickets for a train that's leaving in ten minutes, um, and uh, Joe shows up with a a blonde wig on. Um, yeah, looking like David Spade from uh, like Black Sheep or something. Yeah, he he just looks like a tool. Um, yeah, and. Uh, He's, you know, just walking around, and one of the cops acts like there's a little uh, feedback on one of the radios, and she he notices that uh, there are that the place is crawling with cops. Um, I mean, to be fair, like we see like all that stuff, and it was like not it was a very uh, obvious that mm-hmm. like there were a million cops in there, mm-hmm. and, like yeah. everyone's act like it's the most obvious. Like, it's crawling uh, with cops. Um, yeah, which is just a reference to. Uh, slide to Band of Thieves, the video game. It's just, uh, there's a line delivery that one of the characters says. He says, this place is crawling with cops! And I think about it all the time. What, to what, to what video Sly game? 2, Band of Thieves, the Sly Cooper video games. No? PlayStation? Oh, yeah, yeah, the raccoon. Big fan. 
He's the Thievius Raccoon. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Thievius Raccoon is just the book, but that's whatever. Um, and yes, the place is crawling with cops. And uh, so he ends up making a break for it. Uh, well, he does make... Sorry, he doesn't make a break for it. He ends up uh, kind of disappearing. And um, Steinmeier notices that the 532 from San Jose just came in. But there's a problem. There was no announcement. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not good. And so Disher heads off. In, um, he heads off to the controller tower. Did not know that was a thing at like train stations, but okay. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. I just didn't know. Um, mm-hmm. So he heads up there, and unfortunately, uh, the operator, the controller, is dead. Yeah. And not only is he dead, but it's a pretty fucking bloody scene, to yeah. be quite honest. I was actually shocked by the by it. Yeah. And and, and yeah. so so. You know, Disher gets on the the walkie-talkie and basically relays that uh, he's dead. And unfortunately for him, the microphone is also on in the station still. So everyone is hearing his... uh, Yeah, everyone is hearing about the status of everything going on, and it's just not a good scene. Yeah, and Randy's being very dramatic, like, oh, there's so much blood. He killed once, he won't hesitate to do it again. Um, And so everyone starts running. But Steinmeier luckily spots him. And they start, My favorite scene in this whole in this episode. Yeah, it's very a good, it's riveting. A good chase. Um, yeah, a train yard is and a, good and good stunt work yeah. by like Ted Levine. Yeah, he's, he's running fucking, in a lot of it, and he's got to be in his late fifties at that point. Um, yeah, and he's running like on fucking like bag baggage carts yeah. or you know the, the the carousels. It's just a really inventive, dynamic place to have a chase scene because inherently there are things moving different directions and stuff like. It just it's a really nice, um, well directed thing. Yeah, and I'll say one thing, um, and. Pff, Correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't been on many trains in my life. Mm-hmm. Did not know there was <laughs> baggage carousels for fucking trains. Uh, I think at some train stations there are not. I mean, I actually don't know. Maybe if it's really long trains, I I'm not sure. But uh, they obviously filmed at a real train station, so it has to. I mean, I can't imagine. Okay, like it's at Union Station in LA, and I don't recall there being a downstairs to it. But maybe I'm wrong. And maybe but also, wrong. like I I, I think that they. It would make no sense for them to go somewhere else to film that bit. So, like, I think clearly they have to exist in some capacity. Um, but no, I've never yeah. been on a. I've never been on a train that was more than like an hour, so I couldn't tell you. Um, I mean, it's always just a throwback thing when like someone chooses to escape on a train as opposed to a plane. Yeah, that yeah. is true. But also, I think the thing too is that I think this is another scenario in which then be the writers being New York based comes in um, because mm. oh, okay. Because in New York, you're taking trains all the time, obviously, because, you know, most people don't have cars. And so, like, yeah, I think that there's definitely a uh, – it's – because I've been on, you know, because obviously I live in Jersey. Like, not not including, like, subways and stuff like that, like, tr- actual train trains. I've still probably been on, since I moved back up to New York, um, conservatively, like, 25 train rides. Um, so, like, it's pretty normal. Anyway. Um, I think I've been, like, on 10, max. Yeah, because I've been visiting family. Like, I'm going on more Thanksgiving. I'm going out uh, to, like, you know, my job and stuff. Anyway, um, so he, there's the chase. And then a bit that when we, we watched this episode of my family, we actually were in um, in New York uh, at my aunt and uncle's place because we were packing up and selling my recently deceased at the time grandmother's house. And they were big monk fans, so we were watching this with them. It was really special. Um, so this is like a true family thing. Y- oh my god, yes! Everyone in the family, or I mean, uh, same thing with even bigger. I would say with Psych, obviously, because that would come on after. Whereas, like, tr- literally, 
Because Psych has been doing like bonus movies. They actually have a new one coming out soon. But with the with the first one, really? Yeah, with the first one, and I think no, yeah, with both of them, we had our aunt and uncle on Zoom watching it with us, basically at the same time. Like, what truly it is like the big, huge TV. Think TV was like really, 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 really important growing up, to the point where like that's kind of a lot of, yeah, like we would you know anyway, um, but when we were there. After this episode ended, they had DVR, so we made sure that at least five to ten times we rewatched Joey K getting hit by the train. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah, it holds well, up. I yeah. So yeah, there's a pretty wild chase scene, mm-hmm. and Stop loses them mm-hmm. for a while, mm-hmm. but or yeah, for a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately for them, yeah, like you said, our guy Joey gets hit by a train, mm-hmm. and he's fucking dead, man. He is fucking dead. Yeah, just really less than ideal. Um, yeah, just not how you want to go. Uh, but it is just like mm. so. I mean, it's, it's not true. I guess so. It's pretty quick. It's pretty. Quick. It is pretty quick. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's it's not horrible in terms of gruesome ways to die. But still, it is definitely like, especially because he kind of he he was like smiling. And he thought he got away. Like really. Um, well, that's good. He died happy. It's true. Then we cut to Dr. Bell, and Dr. Bell asked, did he say anything before he died? And I do love the monk says, he probably said train. Right. But as we all saw, he didn't say shit because he didn't see it coming. No. But from this conversation, we gather that <clears throat> it looks like they don't have enough time to save Monk because yeah. they, they have some stuff, you know, they have some things to go on, but it's going to take weeks to analyze. And yeah. Specifically because they just have the chemicals. What they have, what the chemicals are. They don't have the compound, you know. That the, so they basically they would have to like run every combination of the chemicals in order to find a match. Um, yeah, and there was no right. chemicals in the food that was in the shopping cart. So they tested all the food in the shopping cart, and there were no, no chemicals in them. Right, and so like you know, there's some more conversation that's not really important, mm-hmm. but the most important thing to glean from here is that you know Monk has some regrets, yeah. you know. He's been a he's been a prisoner like uh, quote he's been a prisoner ever since Trudy like died and he just feels like he's wasted so much time mm-hmm. um, I I mean I don't know what he's referring to specifically I mean I know he says that he probably spent three years just washing his hands but I, I kind of don't know what he's getting at I mean with, I like, think he's whole... just saying that he didn't do anything like he didn't live a life after Trudy died which is true like he just didn't he you know, obviously I think he's exaggerating a little bit because this is his circumstance, but I think he feels like that he kind of just, you know, solved cases, but didn't, you know, go out and make new relationships and didn't, like, experience the good things in life. Sure. But also, I think that's kind of the flaw with this show, Mm -hmm. in a way, was that we only saw him with Trudy, Mm -hmm. him after Trudy, and his childhood. Yeah. We saw nothing really in between college... Mm-hmm. And then that's true. I think the general things. I think you get the vibe that he lived more of a life, and that I think that like I think he just felt like he didn't move on in any way. Um, mm, I disagree. I'm not saying that's all like, true. I'm thinking that's what he thinks. No, no, for sure, no. But like my point is that I wanted to see him live a life before he met Trudy a little bit because all yeah. we knew before Trudy was just pain and suffering. I mean, the problem is he met her in college, so there's not really. 
But, that's true. Oh, yeah. that's true. Okay, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, like, he clearly... Uh, but I think it's even less how he was living before Trudy. I think it's just that, like, he just spent... No matter how he lived his life beforehand, he spent 13 years kind of being stuck in place. I guess the thing is, I can relate, because there definitely have been... There definitely were times... Uh, like, I remember when I reached two years after graduating college, I kind of felt like I just stood in place for two years, and that was really a hard realization. So I very much relate to his feeling. And it's because I, I mean, I, because we both have OCD, I think that it's from a similar place of the fear of pain or anxiety preventing you from doing anything. Um, so I really related to him in this scene, honestly. Even if it's not 100% true, I, the feeling felt very, very real to me. No, and of course, and like, it's how he feels about it, so I understand yeah. it. Um, and then so, like, you know, Bell mentions that, like, no, it's not been a waste of time. You've saved, yeah. I mean, you've solved over, like, 120 mm-hmm. cases. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, to Monk, he didn't solve the one case that would have mattered the most. Mm-hmm. And, and so yeah. it is a waste of time yeah. for him. And he mentions that he hated a painting uh, on Dr. Bell's wall. But Dr. Bell's not giving up. He's This bit I think about a lot, too. This bit's very funny. He says, I'm putting your appointments in my book. And he's writing it down. <laughs> And it's like, you're using a pencil. <laughs> that is just, like, for how the situation, he's, a man's going to die, but it is such a funny joke. <laughs> no, for sure. And, yeah, you know, Monk points out that he never writes in pencil, mm-hmm. and Dr. Bell says that he doesn't have a pen on him, and it's right there. And so this, you know, Monk's not too disturbed by it. You know, no. he just kind of just says, he's matter-of-factly at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, it just is what it is. Yeah. And um, he doesn't really do much. Like, he just kind of gets up and just says, Well, first you know, he says, it's my time to go, and then laughs, because, you know... Sorry, no, uh-huh. my, sorry, my time is up. Um, mm-hmm. And he laughs to his own joke. And uh, he says goodbye, and Dr. Bell says, I think very poignantly, it's not goodbye, it's never goodbye. You know, Hector Elizondo really earning that and credit. Um, and uh, I was waiting for, it's not goodbye, it's see you later. Mm, yes. If he said that, that would have been bad. <laughs> um, I was waiting for it still. Yeah, so Randy then goes into the cap's office, and they say basically that, uh, you know, the lab is not going to be able to find out what the chemical is in time. Um, so then Stamar does the thing that you do when you learn that one of your best friends is going to die. He pulls out two glasses and a bottle of scotch. Um, and I, I think Ted Levine fucking, he should have been nominated for an Emmy for this scene, honestly. Um because mm-hmm. there's the way where like Randy's like, "Do you want me to shut the door?" And he's like, oh, "Whatever." Like he, I think it's very easy for actors to play not caring. You know what I mean? Like that's something I think actors overact a lot. Like I don't know, but, but he kind of says it all matter of factly, where you kind of feel that he actually doesn't care. You know? No, absolutely. And like, you know, he goes into this like <clears throat> conversation about how he always felt that Monk was, he was like had something missing. Like there was something deficient with his personality but the problem with him or like not problem but the fact is as is that he was a lot more human than anybody else he saw more than what anybody else Mm -hmm. saw he heard what everybody like more than what everybody else did he was like you know the closest thing um and this is not a plug to mcu uh is the closest thing to a superhero he's ever known yeah he doesn't say that but no but yeah because he's basically saying that like his problem was that he just he had too many inputs and I think that that is both correct and I think a very poignant thing to say um cause I think that that is kind of the um cause yeah Monk's phobias and stuff like that are not because he's like it's because he just is thinking too much you know and um yeah and so uh 
we then cut to Monk at the cemetery, and he goes up to Trudy's grave, and all he says is, I love you. And the reason why is because he can tell her himself tomorrow, which is very tragic. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, not great. Um, yeah, no, it was very sad. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's it. And yeah, we cut back to him we, at his apartment, mm-hmm. and uh, he doesn't want to go to the hospital, you know. Um, and Natalie asks can I get you anything? And he says, just Trudy's gift. And I think the way that Trailer Hard plays this scene is in- really incredible, too. I, it just is, this brought tears to my eyes, the way that, because she just, because she's obviously trying to keep it together, but that kind of is like the, it's real, you know? Yeah, like, it's official. Like, um, you know, Monk has always been like a kind of sardonic, kind of, you know, sarcastic, uh, looks up, like upon the worst parts of life. Mm-hmm. But this is like the capitulation of that, all that. Yeah. Like he's just like he realizes that his time is up, man. Like yeah. legit. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's, yeah. it's heavy. Not good. Uh, and so mm-hmm. they get it. He opens it up, and it is a videotape. Um, mm-hmm. And they. Pull you remember it. those? I do. Yes. Um, and uh, it's funny they still like use all the like. It's so stupid how some uh, like I I've actually had to use videotapes and stuff like that with cameras, and I'm not. Uh, one of my big pet peeves is older people not understanding how um, that digital technology really only became the norm not that long ago. The amount of times like older people be like, you don't even know what a VCR is. It's like I wasn't born in twenty ten. Like, <laughs> I, you know. Anyway, um, yeah, this existed until like ninety nine or something. No, even later than that. I was definitely I was still getting VHSs uh, way in like probably two thousand three, two thousand four. Um, I think I only remember that because I think one of the first. DVDs that my family ever had was Pi. And that was like 2000, 2001. I was going to say one of the first DVDs my family ever had was The Master of Disguise, but they're both good films. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck that is. There's Dana Carvey's Bomb that has like 1% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's one of the best bad movies. Oh, sorry. Master of Disguise. I, th- I heard The Master of the Sky. No, oh, well, that's, I mean, that's Charles Lindbergh. But, um, and so, uh, we cut, see the tape, and it's Trudy sits down, and she says the immortal words that I love when anyone says, if you're watching this, it means I'm dead. Yeah. It immediately, <laughs> the first thing that I thought about when I saw this, and like, I don't know if this says less about me or more about uh-huh. me, but I immediately think of Jamie Kennedy in Scream 3. I haven't seen Scream 3, I couldn't. Because he died, he died in Scream 2, sorry. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I mean, yeah, uh, I didn't think he was making it. I have at least only seen the first one. It's honestly crazy he makes it through that one. Um, right, yeah. right. But, uh, yeah, and she mentions that she has a secret. Something happened. Something terrible. Years before, years ago, before we met. And then cut to to be continued. So, the answer yeah. was in front of him all along. And his unwillingness, his inability to let her go in some ways, is what prevented him from solving the case the whole time. That, in my opinion, in my opinion, Ooh, is incredible is... writing. That is, I think, just great stuff. Like, that really is, like, because it literalizes the, that until he is willing to let her go, he can't solve the case. That is, like, that it, it makes the, it makes what is an emotional issue a physical thing, and that is what people get paid money to write for. That's great. I love it. Yes. Agreed. Um, um, yeah. So, <clears throat> what would you give this episode? Honestly, I'd probably give it a nine point five. A nine point five. I love this. I love it, and I'm pro- I'm probably gonna give the second part a ten, honestly, because I think that they're both just really great. 
That's fine. Um, I gave it a nine. Yeah. Uh, just because, you, you know, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I watched Dune, the mm-hmm. new one. Yeah. Um, and I gave it like a, on Letterboxd, I gave it a 3.5. Are you on Letterboxd? Probably? I'm not because I have an account and I wanted oh, to God, enter in every single movie I'd ever seen beforehand. And that project became mm-hmm. unwieldy. I got like 600 in and so I need to do the last 100 and then I'll start posting stuff publicly. Because I wanted every movie oh, yeah, I'd ever fine. seen to be on there. Anyway. Um, I would okay, probably fine. give it a 4 uh, out of 5, but that's whatever. Dune? Yeah. I gave it a 3.5. I mean, I saw it in the biggest IMAX in the East Coast, so that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's just like I, you know, I haven't read the book, um, so I was like super fucking confused about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And but like my point being is that like if I have a part one and part two thing, yeah. I can't possibly rate part one exactly. until I see because I know how it ends. So I will say, I think it should be a good sign for you that I know that it ends in a way that makes this episode better, not worse. Because um, okay, yeah, it's a lot of the stuff comes back, um, and just like the way it all plays out, it's really. I and I love the way the way the show actually ends. The actual ending of it, I think, is just really wonderful. Um, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen. I haven't seen. Um, or I'm sorry, I haven't given any episode higher than a nine. I don't think I've don't given think so, a nine point five. I don't think so you have. At all. Uh, yeah. I and uh, but I'm interested to see how it gets because, like I said, I think that the way it really, it just really stuck the landing in a way that obviously people complain all the time about shows not ending well. Um, and I think that. Uh, Monk had a lot of pressure on it in that everyone knew what the last episode was going to be because the whole Trudy thing. But it also then I right. think made it easy because then they don't need to make a decision about it. like they already know what it is. You know what I mean? It's not like they're uh, you know anyway. Um, yeah, I'm excited for you to watch it. I'm excited to talk about it. Um, but Andre, <clears throat> where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, you could follow me at Andre Pereira, and you can follow me at the J Chrissy. Please rate, subscribe, share the show with people, etc., etc. Anyway, um, listen next week. Um, probably on tuesday will be coming out um we'll be talking about mr monk and the end part two and on top of that we'll also be having a series retrospective conversation with the one andy breckman creator of monk um so we're gonna be we're gonna be recording the the actual episode on sunday and doing the interview on monday uh, so it'll be up on tuesday is that right i mean i'm assuming that's right video yeah no that's fine um uh, yeah yeah for sure i i'm looking forward to it because we interviewed Andy in season one. See, after season two, actually. After season two. Um, but, like, I, obviously I was missing so yeah. much from what happened. So um, I'm very excited to revisit this whole conversation. Yeah. And yep. I'm also excited to hopefully find out that he hasn't listened to any episodes in between to hear all this I, talk. The thing is, I don't him. mind. Because the thing I feel like if... I just, I think generally, like, why I don't mind is that he's a comedy writer professionally. You know, there's nothing, okay. that, like, it's not, that's always the thing, too. Like, when I've always had my Twitter account, like, public, and I've tweeted stuff that I think people would be like, you shouldn't tweet that or whatever. But it's like, I want to do comedy and stuff professionally, so ultimately, like, I just, the type of people who I want to employ me are different than if I was working in, like, finance, you know? Um, and so, like, I don't know. Also, it's it's funny. Like, I just... I just have not, um, for some reason I have, I am an incredibly embarrassed person in almost any social context, but if I'm doing anything for the sake of being funny, I truly have no embarrassment about it whatsoever. Like I am, and that is, I think, a, uh, so that's why I say the shit I do on podcasts. Cause if I'm, if I'm saying it cause I want to make people laugh, then like truly whatever, who cares? I don't care. Whatever. Anyway. 
Um, yeah. Now that you get into my psychology, you can follow me at Jay Christie, like I said, and tune in uh, next Tuesday as we talk about Mr. Monk in the end, part two. Last episode. I don't have anything else anymore. Let's just say, let's just say it on three. Just, One, two, three. Let's, let's get, get monkey. monkey.